Welcome to Hard Talks with Chris and Friends, where topics that are hard or will make you hard are talked about, where things get real and unfiltered. Here is your host, Christopher Velasquez. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome to a new week. Today's going to be a fun episode. Um, I don't have a topic. It's just going to be me talking to my sister. Today's guest is my drag sister. I think, so for me, it's always been important to find family. There's that old saying that, you know, you're born into a family, but then you choose. And as gay people, we get to choose our outside family. And I could say this, my outside family for sure are some big old slut. I have on the podcast today, Valerie Bamboom. Your full drag name is... Valerie Von Boom. It's very simple. Simple, straight to the point. I don't know know why I always thought that Blair was in, somewhere in your drag name. So I guess I did know that your name was Blair. It's Facebook. But how are you? I'm well. I had a steak and egg burrito, some coffee, and I am ready to like shoot the shit. How are you, Chris? Good. I'm excited to do this. So on my first episode, I had one of my sisters. She's my best friend, Brittany. And she kind of knows me from like high school. You and me know each other from Seafront. Drag. I'm mm-hmm. from Seafront. Well, we know each other from Seafront. <laughs> but the, our friendship is as close. And and it's different just because I think what connects us is more our gayness and as gay males out in the world. But yeah, so you um you became my sister because you you printed me up with Luna. But Luna is my tia because she's just known as La Tia. So so it's the tia. I have my sister, which is you. And I feel like you and me are just have the same kind of like sense of like humor and we're like and we're kiddish towards each other. We're like brothers. We like joke around with it, uh, like we give each other a hard time. We really give, like we really bust each other's yeah. balls for no reason. And it's like, we don't get offended by At all. it. But it's like people on the outside are like, oh my God, they're really upset with each other. I'm like, no, no. no. So he's literally going to go help me take this, <laughs> this um, fucking corset off after, after this number. Yeah, so it, yeah, we have, and it, I think that, like, kind of all the friendships that have became, at least for me, like, the family, like, we all have that very, like, yeah, direct. We all, we're all like, like that. You and me are this way. But me and, me and Luna, like, she is the aunt. Like, she's the one that I could go and, like, have those conversations with. And she, like, she messes with me. But then she's like, I'm done. <laughs> Walks away. Right. <laughs> she, she gives you the amount of time that she feels you need. And then she'll go away and look for another dick or <laughs> another um, yeah. right with tequila or something. Exactly. And then I feel like I'm just the annoying little <laughs> brat you of the. <laughs> I'm the one that just likes to just hoe around and come and be like, hey, look at what I did. <laughs> that I just did that. <laughs> I tell you all the time, you should do porn. But <laughs> exactly, you never, exactly. it's POV. It's, it, nobody would do you until you put this out. Until I put this out. <laughs> and, then, and then they know that you're the one that put me to do it. <laughs> I am just, I'm just looking at the stars. They're lying. My sister, up. my pimp, <laughs> just the full package. What can I say? So tell us a little bit about you. Who was, 
who was little Blair when he was growing up? Okay, hi. Okay, so Blair, growing up, was a very, very quiet kid. I was always into art, so drawing, making things, breaking things. I was a very loner type of mentality. I started in high school to, like, be more experimentative with my fashion, my, like, how I carry myself and be more aware of my surroundings. From doing that, I found uh, Wigstock. Then I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then Drag Race, and that's how drag came about. But there's other things that um, I would do. I like, I, I had like dolls. So to go into me, like making clothing for myself and other people, I started to like make little outfits for my dolls. I had the Scary Spice doll, I had a uh, Sporty Spice, and and the bad bitch of them all, I had a storm doll. She had some thigh-high boots. Bitch, couldn't tell her anything. And you love yourself. Now I know where the thigh-high boots come from because you love yourself a good thigh-high boot. I do, I do. Like, it, give me a pump or a thigh-high. Actually, a sling back pump and a thigh or a thigh-high, and I'm set. You can do anything with those. Yeah. Suck a dick, do a cartwheel. When did you know, I guess, that you were a little, you know, a little different? That you were, instead of being Peter Pan, you were more Tinkerbell? Um, excuse me, I was always Rufio. Thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I realized I was of the LGBT community rainbow thing when I was, I want to say, six or seven. And it was random, like, oddly enough, this is one thing that stands out in my mind very, very, like, vividly. I was watching the news at, like, six or seven, and they were saying, like, children are now dis discovering who they are and what they are into sexually at a younger, younger age. Then I laid in bed, thought about it. I was like, you know what? I like boys and I like girls. <laughs> Denial. Denial. And then I later realized, hey. I just like the dick. It's fun. If if God gave you a deep throat, why, why would you Amen not use to that? it? Amen to that. For people, I mean, for people that know you, you do your own costumes or you do most of your own costumes. No, well, now I do all my own costumes. Um, there was a time where I wasn't making uh, a good portion of them, but that's for other reasons. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm lady. So like. Um, but I did, I went to school, I went to, nowhere special, trust me, bitch. I went to Santa Monica City College, um, originally for fashion design and, uh, merchandising. And I fell into a route of like, oh, maybe fashion design isn't really what I want to do. Maybe I just want to focus on illustration, which is where I put most of my focus into because, when I was six at a funeral, my cousin Raymond, he was traveling and he was actually working in the fashion industry. He showed me how to do a croquis and to anyone who doesn't know what a croquis is, it's just like a basic figure of like a body. So male, female, children, whatever type of croquis is that. And I learned that at a funeral from him. So that's where I put most of my emphasis on. I got a lot of discouragement from one teacher in in general uh telling me that i would never make it but that's whatever depression sadness don't go to school anymore but then fast forward to me going to el camino i realized oh yeah i can actually do this shit it's not that hard and then i realized that it's actually that hard but fast forward again and at el camino there's um at the end of the year you can put on they put on a fashion show and I entered, nothing I was going to win because there was a lot of other people that were yeah. way, 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 way more talented, way more creative, way more fascinating than my little collection. And I got first. So, hey, that's that. And then 
The second year we did it, um, they basically told me that my collection was disqualified because I didn't turn in one garment on time. But guess what? Who got second place with a disqualified collection? Me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got runner up on the ones that didn't even make it to the actual. Right. And it was it was it was a um, point in my life where I realized that I do have a, a, a vision, a idea, a concept for what I want to create as a designer. And then drag just kind of like fell into the thing because one, I don't want to be going out to fucking um, the South Bay Gallery and being like, "Hey, do you have this little mini dress in an extra extra large?" Yeah, no. I'm a big bitch. I'm like six foot, 215 pounds, muscle. Not really, <laughs> but it's another thing. Where there's muscle, we all have muscle. We're all born with, <laughs> I mean, we're born with muscles. Are they real muscles? Are they useful? I have, I have sure. very useful muscles. <laughs> I mean, it's, called, it's called my throat. So when did drag um, become a thing for you? Um, drag became a thing for me as like a, something that I, I wanted to pursue. Um, season two of RuPaul's Drag Race, actually. Um, <laughs> controversial, but me seeing Tyra Sanchez just like fucking killing it was just like, oh yeah. She's that bitch. Well, I mean, season two, season two of Drag Race mm -hmm. was the first season I saw. Okay, and you're sad. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I mean, I guess it. I mean, it makes sense why we it brought us together. <laughs> Why our lines ended up crossing. Season two did a lot of things for us. <laughs> it did, it did. I, well, I started watching it in season one, and it was just like- well, I mean, you're much older than me, so that makes bitch, sense. <laughs> I may look like I'm 46, but I'm only 30. Wow, oh. <laughs> so you, like you were saying, um, season two got you curious, and then what? Well, I've always been fascinated with doing, like dressing up. Um, I would typically be a girl or a girl or a girl for Halloween. It's been, I want to say, four years that I was a girl. And it was just because, why not? Um, one year, actually, I was uh, a girl and my brother decided that he wanted to be a pimp. And so my mom made me his hoe. It was it was cute. I was adorable. Like, the his friends were like, your sister's over there um, not catching up. He's like, that's my brother. I was like, they had it right. <laughs> And then I, I moved out when I was uh, 18, going on 19, um, had my own place. I was just like, why not try it? Right. So I started to dress up for Halloween parties. Um, and then when I started to do drag, drag was like, it was season two. So it was like, whatever. But I didn't like step out the house. I want to say until like season three, season three or season four. I want to say one of those. Okay. But I no, actually seven years ago because I have pictures of it. So seven years ago, don't know how math works. I went out and drag and I was excited. I was having fun. Mind you, I had never been to a drag show, never been to a gay bar, never done anything like that. And it was just like, okay. well, this is my first introduction. Let's see. So you're, so you're basically what, you know, what was called um, Delta and all those queens complain about like, the girls that just saw drag on Drag Race and then were like, oh, I want to be a drag queen. I mean, yes <laughs> and no. See, I I did okay. I did do my little research um, before I even stepped out. I watched mm -hmm. the- You're uh, respectful about it. Well, yes, I, I, I looked into it. I my, my favorite drag queens are the old school 
queens, uh, not old school, but like the, the I want to say the pioneers more or less. Um, so you could say Jackie B, Barlow Jean Merman, Coco Peru, um, Lipsinka, um, and then even the girls from Drag Race. There's Morgan, Delta, Mariah, um, Jessica Wilde, and the, the list goes on and on and on. It's just you, for me going out in there, I like to, I wanted to have like a little background. So I understood what Club Kid was. So think of Lee Bowery, Amanda Lepore, both Club Kids, two different realms and different aspects. There's different levels to each subcategory of drag or illusions. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't just basing what, you know, your drag off the show. You, you did the research. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't like trying to be a pretty girl. I am a pretty girl, but I yeah. wasn't trying to do that. No, yeah, and, and there's a difference between just watching the show and just being like what you see on the show and actually doing your research and knowing who all these, yeah. you know, who all, all these, like like you said, all these very important- Everybody that made, uh, that put their footprint yeah. in there so you can follow in their route and also branch yeah. out from Because there's a difference between knowing who, you know, Lady Bunny is based on what she's done and wig stock and all of that. And knowing Lady Bunny just because she was on Drag Race that one time, or um, knowing Lady Bunny as like the the queen that is just always in it, or to be like, oh, that one um, drag queen that was in the casket with the blonde hair. Exactly. Like exactly. There's everybody has a history and a, a legacy that they all left behind. As your duty, I will say, because I took it upon myself, your duty to do the research, do the legwork, because not. Not everybody is going to, especially in the gay community, all of our history and our accolades that we have already done and pushed and, you know, created for ourselves have been buried under a lot of, like, stupidity of, like, others and heteronormativity. Yeah, and, and, and that, I mean, for me, you know, Drag Race came after, like, I knew about, um, I knew about Head of Letters. Love Head of Letters. I knew about Amanda, right? I knew Amanda Lepore. I knew, I, I used to listen to a podcast where they would interview people like that. Um, Johnny McGovern, when he was in New York, used to have a podcast where he would have all these people on nightlife staple yeah and then one time he had one of the rue girls and then they they talked about you know they talked about drag race and that was when kind of i got you know introduced so my idea of drag race is completely different than someone who just knows drag race and gets their history from drag race like I love the season, maybe up to like season five, where like all those queens before like loved their history. Like the the reason why I love Willem so much is Willem is as crazy as she is. She loves her drag history and she loves saying those people like those names and giving those flowers to those people that deserve it. You know, she loves Jackie B. You know, Jackie B is one of the staples of drag. She is Beaver, um, Santa Raid Me. Those are like my two favorites um retouch my body it's a cup a parody of touch my body by mariah carey it's really cute um yeah so so it's important um when was your first time actually performing at a club then uh, my first time performing was at hamburger mary's in long beach california right next to roscoe's chicken and waffles so the old hamburger mary's oh and um i went there i want to say the month before and they were like and i asked the host uh 
uh, of the show, she's still there. She's still the host. She's still doing her thing, Miss Jewels of Long Beach. Hey, bitch. Um, she was like, yeah, let's do it. A month later, I was on the stage. I My first, my first song, my first song was a <laughs> remix of How Would You Know by Whitney Houston with the beat of Where Have You Been All My Life by Rihanna. So it was a cute mix. I was living for myself, a little strapless, a little pink thing. Ooh. And then what was my second song? I don't remember my second song, but I think it was, I think it was um, Domino. Yes, it was Domino. Um, one song, because I jumped off the stage, you know, since the beginning, I've been jumping off of shit. Didn't break the hill though, did not break the hill. And since then I had the bug yeah. and I kept wanting to do it, kept doing okay. it, kept doing it. Um, the girls I was, I started like doing shows with were, they're still doing drag, Dragon uh, Mombi, Miss Rossi Del Valle, Mia Farrow, Missy um, uh, V, um, Twiggy B. Warhol. She occasionally does drag, but most of the time she's just a hot little boy. Oof, daddy. Um, and Sashay Leah Couture. Those are like the ones that I started up with around and then i went to then i found there was a competition at um executive suite so mind you i'm like three years into it and then i enter a competition and hi i went oh <laughs> you're like excuse me let me just let me i i had a pickup a crown pickup here <laughs> actually this that this, that whole competition was like super super difficult for me mm. only because like i was like fresh meat everybody else has probably maybe three to five years on on me and i'm just like here nobody barely a titty i i had my boy brows out i was like y'all can't tell me nothing i am woman town team <laughs> and then the first week i was in the bottom and I'm like, oh, i guess i'm not that bad not that much of a bad bitch after all but it was very humbling and like uh very very um learning experience for myself so uh since then that's how drag just continue 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 so um you came out of a place at least if you know la i guess drag culture you came out of one of the places where a lot of drag excellence came out of i mean executive suite long beach long beach um hamburger mary's which which i mean i mean we have delta work we have all these amazing drag queens that came out of that scene i love how you mentioned one queen <laughs> it's like these amazing queens well because well because i mean saying like well we have because that's what i was going to say like we have down long beach downtown hamburger mary's and we have Rage, which sadly Rage just closed. Rage is unfortunately closed. And that was where they originally had um, Dream Girls review. And um, the first night I went out, um, I, <laughs> I was walking out of the car, had like a pink um, vinyl bra with a black dress. And then I see out of the, well, in the distance, Miss Delta Work smoking a cigarette like in the alley of where Rage is and I waved at her, she waved back at me, said I look gorgeous and I was like, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> and it was great. It was great. It was great. Well, but then I took a picture of myself peeing by, um, by a oh Um, Don't talk about Morgan McMichael like that. That's so rude. <laughs> no, but you know, all those queens came out of there. So you have I mean, you have Morgan McMichaels, you have Raja, you have um, Raven, you have all these amazing queens that are like on the top of their game. You have 
um, mug, mug for days. I mean, you have to have, you have to mention like there's also Dolly Levi. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal entertainer. She was one of the people that uh, helped shape me. She originally was the very first magenta, I believe, in a stage play of Rocky Horror Picture Show. And all the time that she would come out on stage for curtain call, because not a lot of people knew that she was actually a man, she would do a cartwheel and intentionally have her shirt come over her face so they can see a male's chest. There's Miss Kiwi, a phenomenal, phenomenal trans performer that is, uh, oh my God, if you can find her videos, that is what the drag excellency is. Like from start of the music to the ending beat, she was on perfection. You can't even tell that she will like have any type of slip-ups. Miss Lady Red, rest her soul, she was one of the um, pioneers of the uh, LA drag community as well. So yeah, there there's a lot of amazingness, and it has made you who the, who you are, like the 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 excellence that you oh, bring you. to the stage. And and I'm not throwing smoke up your ass, but I've always told you when I first met you, the like obviously. You were this tall Glamazonian. Your performances are always, oh, and so. there's no question about it, like always the best. And and you have performing down. Like that, that is the one thing that like, as, as you know, as your brother, I could put up with people being like, well, you know, she doesn't like, you know, she doesn't have the best makeup. She doesn't, but if they say anything about your performances, there's going to be hands because there is no one that's oh, going to well, say thank you do you, not know but how you to don't have to fight. Down. We're too pretty to fight. You do drag full-time is that is that um, a full-time gig it was <laughs> it was my full-time gig but now it's more of like just uh it's been put on the back seat because i i realize that i feel like my my drag needs to evolve so taking a step back rebuilding my um repertoire my dress my costumes my wigs i try to pride myself on being um, very self-efficient to the point where, yes, I can do my own makeup. I make my own lashes. I do make, create or finagle my own jewelry together. So earrings, necklaces, uh, hair clips, and so on. Um, I style my own, I began to style my own hair and costume in general. It's all about being able to, in my opinion, put things together. Because that's what I feel like the core and essence of drag was it was what can you do to make yeah. yourself look like that bitch Raja said it like the best when um why I'm, I'm ad-libbing but it was along the lines of why can't um this younger generation take inexpensive things and make it look expensive i i, I agree there's there are a lot of young entertainers that are out there that just toss on something that somebody else has made, somebody else's um, costume, someone else's wig, someone does their makeup. They may have the right shoes, but they probably don't. And I'm not saying um, that if you don't make or build or create your own shit, you're less of a queen. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you shouldn't have to rely on others. You should have the knowledge and capability to create your to build and create and nurture your own create your own creation which is you because no matter how it is blair and valerie 
are more or less one the same. They're both really offbeat, really odd. One's beautiful, one's kind of handsome. The other one is just like a weird in between. And so you haven't grown out out of the delusion. No, not at all. <laughs> you have to you have to feed your delusion. Okay, Valentina. But you have to do it in a healthy way. So you're not Valentina. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, I mean. I love that bitch. I love how just so in her own fantasy she is. I, I admire it because, you know, you can, you, you don't want to see someone that's so insecure on stage. You want to see a presence of confidence. How different are Blair and Valerie from each other? Um, okay, well, I don't think they're much of a difference, honestly, but um, my dad, uh, my dad has, uh, my dad used to take me to all my uh, drag shows when I was starting off, primarily because I don't drive, I'm not running on it. And he was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take you, it's fine. And he told me like, I am just more outspoken, more fabulous when um, when I'm Valerie. And when I'm Blair, I'm very like, he says I'm fairly monotone, quiet and constantly in my head. Where do you see your drag going? Shit, I don't know. Um, I'm, I, I, See, that's the thing. I I see my drag being used and oh, that's a hard, hard question. Hmm. Where do I see my drag going? This is, thank you. This is such a real, a real good one. I, ne I never actually thought about this. I would see my drag going somewhere where it's needed um, in, a in a way where I'm happy and content with the work that I'm doing and feel like I'm building some type of community aspect. Because one thing with being a Black queen in LA, Long Beach, wherever the fuck I am, there were a lot of chances that people would not understand where you're coming from. Because you are Black, they will say, well, this is this type of night, <laughs> minding you, saying, hey, don't do any rap music, don't do um, anything with the N-word, which is, you know, obviously don't want to say the N-word like that. But it's like, there's there's been times where um, myself and other Black queens have been, queens and kings have been told, yeah, maybe this isn't the night for you. And so it's, and there's also that little unspoken rule of one black king or queen per show. And I would like to have my, my drag help push that out of the mindsets of people. I want to have like an open um, community for the black, um, the black entertainment. Like we're fucking phenomenal. Yeah, which I think you was called, and I think you do that. You do have your own show at Sea Friends. Susia Sundays, which is weird because I'm black and it's called Susia. <laughs> <laughs> but my last name's Hernandez. It, it is Hernandez. No, actually, but okay. So the fun story behind how Susia became like a name and um, a creation was one of the old um, hostesses, the bartending, the drink girl, um, Carla, she will always call myself and Luna Susias. She will be like, I think she's Susias, something, something, something. That's really terrible, but whatever. She would like yell at us, basically saying that we're, that we're whores and we're going to get some shots. And that's how Susia kind of like stuck. When we had the opportunity for, to have a show at Sea Friends, uh, Susia Sunday was the first thing that Luna Lovecock um, said. And it stuck because I couldn't think of anything. I'm not, I'm not creationary, <laughs> but it stuck. It has like a, a vibe because Sea Friends is a primarily Latin um, bar. And Memo, 
oh, memo. When he was there, that little tiny bodybuilder man. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm, mm. You know, he had another kid. Mm-hmm. Follow him on Instagram. <laughs> so you know that that juice is potent and just full of. I nurture. love oh. a thick, milky consistency. I just want, I just want to be pregnant in the end of it. And you know that his milk will get you pregnant. Yeah, when you have twins and then another kid. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, twins are running my family, but I'm pretty sure I probably have like quadruplets. <laughs> so Susia was born out of that, which your co-host is Luna. Well, it started off with me and my sister Luna. Uh, me and Luna met at the executive suite during a competition. I didn't want to be a co- uh, paired with this one girl. So I was like, fuck, who's not two? Who doesn't have a teammate? And um, Jessica told me, oh, Luna doesn't have one. Bitch, I ran from the parking lot into the club, down the stairs. I was like, Luna, you're my partner. Do you know tattoo? And that was it. How has the quarantine changed? Because, I mean, you had your show. You had Susie's. You were doing you were doing Brush Sundays at Redline. Um, you had... Yes, I was a cast member of the Eat It Brunch at Redline. You were doing shows, I mean, you were doing pop-ups at Flaming Saddles, which another one that sadly passed away. I missed that. That bar was fun. I used to swing those ropes all the time. That was fun. Um, so you had gigs everywhere, kind of, right? <laughs> I will say I had, I had gigs, but I wasn't um, booked and blessed. No, I was doing what I needed to do, yeah. Yeah, but yes, you weren't maybe booked and blessed, but you were for sure doing gigs everywhere. You were doing gigs, I mean... I was a staple in some, in some aspects, yeah. There's queens that maybe could only get bookings at um, Bullet or, or or only see friend girls, you know? So you were for sure blessed because you, you were you were going into yeah. West Hollywood. You were going going to Los Feliz. You were going, you know, you were going everywhere. No, but here's the thing. I went before quarantine happened. Um, I did have like a break and that was because I was doing very stupid things and having a lot of like dark moments. And so I um, just, I had to take a step back to just focus on myself mentally and a lot of it physically. And so with coming back it was like okay cool cute and then a few months later well we have to be locked in the house and so when before i left before i took my my leave i was pretty pretty much just a, a good staple in my opinion and then when i came back i was basically just at redline for the brunch and if they needed me for any other like small gig or I was hosting Susia. Those were my two main focuses because I wanted to put all my effort and energy into those because that was where I was most seen. Because if you if you spread yourself too thin and procrastinate like I always would do and still do, I'm still it's a long working process. You overthink and underprepare. And so when I would have a show, I'd be like, oh my God, I can make this. I wanted to make an outfit, I wanted to do hair, and I wanted to like learn a brand new song. And mind you, the the show is like in three days. Like, could that be done? Yes. But was it the most um, conducive to what I, what to help me? No, not at all. Like being up until three or four o'clock in the morning, just fucking freaking out because you're like, I need to finish this scene and my machine's not working. And so I just took that little break when, 
we do hopefully come back soon. Why not come back into it hella fucking strong? So a big complaint about people who do drag and that are in the drag world is that they don't get as much dick as they would before drag. How, is that true? Because, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. There's a reason why you guys are called the Sucias because I still see you guys getting all the dick. You see, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, I think it's all about a confidence thing. If you are a young a man is initially used to having a lot of body hair or facial hair um you do once you shave and get rid of it all it does seem like a demasculination of i made a word demasculination (laughs) of yourself and at the same time i see it i'm a very hairy man i have hair on my chest i have a full beard on my back my arms my legs my butt my gooch my mm -hmm, area literally everything on me is hairy besides the top of my head so it's like once i shave all that i do feel a little like twinkish and if you're not used to that yeah you can feel a lot less confident if you don't have confidence in yourself in that state but only with all this body hair and shit then you need to learn how to love yourself again i had to learn how to love myself again because i did feel like that but then after i started to like demonstrate like yeah, I'm still cute. I don't know what the fuck y'all talk about. Give me a week. Give me a week. All my hair will be back. <laughs> and so I I will say like it is a, a mind fuck for some people when they start doing drag and they do lose the men that they would get. Because some some men, not all, there's been a great influx of men confident in themselves and not um, giving into these archetypal levels of what a man should be. <laughs> well, you know, and I think we're that is an older complaint too, because we are in a different time where drag race is mainstream and actually fucking a drag queen is not that big of a deal. So with that, um, I will end this. <laughs> I will end this whole wow. podcast. This is the last episode you'll ever hear from me. She just scarred my life to the point where I don't even want to do this anymore. I mean, I I, I actually finally listened to an episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> the first episode she ever listened was because she was on it. No, 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 no. I actually listened to one before this, so I knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> then she don't go in code. You have to use a little spit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and, and kind of giving us your story. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. You're terrible. You're ugly. And I hope you really do consider doing porn. I really do think you'll be a great person. In it. I gained a lot of weight, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that after the gym's open for like a year <laughs> or three. Hey. <laughs> hey, body positivity, bitch. Body positivity. Let me finish fucking <laughs> ending this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for um, sharing your story with us. I hope people get to see why I love you as much as I do. If people want to see more of you or just want to um, have nightmares looking at your drag, where can they go? Um, well, you can follow me on Instagram at Valerie Von Boom or Facebook Blair Valerie Von Boom Hernandez or, um, you know, catch me at Sea Friends hosting Susia Sunday currently still going through a competition um you can find me at red lion downtown la for the eat at brunch once it comes back well thanks everybody for listening um thank you for another thank you for coming back for another week and if you did like us talking to each other i mean maybe we can do it again if not then you can tell me to have my own podcast and i just easily take over chris's spot keeping up with valerie no that's your instagram hard talks with valerie (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha!
So remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment. You can follow me on Instagram at Chris Diva, and you can follow the pod at Hard Talks with Chris. And I want to give a special thanks to Jamison for letting me borrow his song Fuckable for the intro and outro.